Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, joined none other than uh, by my good friend Santino Cocone. Out here breaking down this August 26th. It is a Wednesday slate. We have three. Did I get the date wrong? Is that why I heard you chuckle a little bit? No, you said Argus, like you're a pirate or something. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm sailing. Uh, Argus, uh, 26th, uh, this nice three-game slate that we got going on out here. Uh, I'm I'm being a little, maybe I'm overstating it by saying it's nice, Santino, but, uh, you know, how's your week been so far? We're almost halfway through it. What's going on? Yeah, it's actually, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, We had a couple good days so far. I mean, halfway through it, we're we're on the midpoint right now on Wednesday. Uh, First two days, I believe... Monday, both times I went to go walk my pup, it started to downpour. It was really nice the rest of the day, but it was just weird. Both times midday that I tried to give him a quick walk, it started downpouring. So that was a weird day. Uh, today was pretty, or uh, Tuesday was better. Today's starting off well. How about yourself, bud? I'm living the dream I am, and just grinding, uh, grinding, grinding, staying busy. Uh, and yeah, that's that New England weather for you. So. Uh, it's one minute it's raining. I wouldn't be surprised if it's snow. We're almost in, we're almost in September. So we're probably about three weeks away from snow. Uh, that's how it works around here. So it's just, and then it'll rain and be sunny the next day in 85 makes no sense. But, uh, we got some, we got some pretty good games to jump into, man. I mean, I, again, I'm being nice by saying they're good, uh, <laughs> you know, but got one either good way, game. it's better than a two game slate. You know, like, the, today's action, two games. I got, I got a little action. I played a little bit. Um, I, I was talking to you a little bit before we were on the air. I did fairly well, uh, 10 points off of shipping a GPP on FanDuel the night before. So uh, I was feeling good, but it was a two-game slate. So now you know we have a couple more games to choose from. We can uh, you know, spread the ownership a little bit more, but I think we're, we're probably going to be on the same page uh, on, a, on a lot of this slate. I have a good feeling about it, at least. All right, let's see. That sounds good. Right, let's start it up. Orlando versus Milwaukee is the first game that we will be talking about. Uh, and Orlando's uh, coming in as a 14-point dog in a 227 game total in this one. So, uh, you know, or we, we've been seeing what Milwaukee's been doing outside of that first game. Uh, you know, where Orlando kind of pulled one out and snuck one under the carpet when they weren't looking. It's It's been, you know, a little bit of, of rough sailing for them. Uh, you know, Giannis has been doing his thing. Middleton finally got a little bit clicking in that last one. And Orlando has been playing without most of their guys, most of their key cogs uh, for a lot of the series. But the injury report, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams both ruled out. Aaron Gordon's going to be questionable for this one. Um, be shocked if he plays at this point. Uh, and then as far as Milwaukee, uh, they actually do not have their injury report listed at the very moment. 
But uh, assuming, you know, from what we know, just about everybody's good to go. Uh, you know, Santino, why don't you start with this Orlando team? Uh, you know, only really one guy that you could spend up on. It's Nikola Vucevic. So we'll just hit it off the rip. Any interest in them? Yeah, some slight interest. Uh, normally, I would say I'm okay because he's 92. Uh, and if you're getting him, it's very playing with the slate. It's very unlikely you're going to get him and a Harden or a Giannis or a LeBron or AD and have a decent squad out there. Uh, but in this slate in particular, I am not excited too much about many of the forwards or center eligible guys. Uh, and because of such, I have more interest in Vuce than I, than I normally would. And looking at Portland without uh, Lillard there, I really don't want those two big guys that much. Uh, so I do have some more interest in normal than I usually have in Vucevic. And uh, he's actually... Three out of the four games, he's brought back value, so he's been pretty good. It's just the thing that if you do get him, you're unlikely to get another big star with him. So uh, it's all about how you build your roster. I will have him in some of my lineups when it, where I dodge the other guys, but uh, not too many because you, you really can't. You're putting yourself in a bind if you don't have one of them. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm kind of in the same sentiment as that. You know, 9200. It's it's a little expensive for him. Uh, but given what our other options are on the slate, you know, you can kind of see playing him at the center position. Like you said, we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, luxurious options that we could choose from. We know, <laughs> I like you know, that we'll word. Get... <laughs> I like that. To... Fit, that fits it well. I got the I got the thesaurus. <laughs> I can't even say that word. I struggle trying to say it. So I, I wouldn't, we wouldn't even go there on this one. But uh, uh, Stephen Adams, we'll get to him later. But you know, he's kind of been having his minutes limited after injuring his knee. Uh, Nurkic just looks like he is toast. He's done. And, uh, and he's just, honestly, that's not him. He didn't play for over a year. Uh, he was getting ready mm-hmm. to play right before the the whole shutdown happened. Um, but he wasn't. He was going to get eased in towards the end of the season. But then when they came in the bubble, uh, we thought maybe he was going to get limited minutes, get eased in because he didn't play for what a year and a half, bit pretty much. He got thrown right into the fire playing thirty plus minutes, thirty one minutes a game in the inside the bubble. Uh, I expected it, like. You can't expect this guy not to get gassed, and he looks rightfully gassed. So yeah, it, I agree. I and agree. he's only six hundred less than Vooch. So if you're going to pay up for Nurkic, you might as well pay that extra six and get someone who's not gassed and who's been productive lately. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. Um, <laughs> so thank you, I appreciate it. Take took the words right out of my mouth. So um, that's that's pretty much the only reason why I have a ton of interest in it. And obviously, if you're playing, you know, a Giannis or anybody on that other side, uh, it makes a lot of sense to run it back with a guy like Vuk. He's been just crushing through this matchup, getting a ton of minutes, getting a ton of usage with these starters out, uh, you know, averaging at least 20 shot attempts over the past four games during this series. So I don't mind taking a look at him, but the price tag is getting up there. But let's look at some of these cheaper options. I mean, everybody else that we can pretty much look at is going to be 5,400 or less on this team. So... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite amongst uh, the group? I guess we could say between Augustine and Fournier. You know, Bross, Fultz, Fournier, Augustine. Any one of those guys stand out? Uh, two of them. I, I mentioned two of them last time. Uh, Fournier. He he finally brought back value. Fine. Uh, I said I would. I played a little bit of him last game because I thought he was going to finally start hitting shots. Uh, he didn't hit the shots, but he still brought back value. He shot four of fourteen, and he. Shot three of nine from three. Uh, he scored 33 and a half fantasy points, though, for, or DK points, I should say. Uh, so he brought back value, and he still didn't hit his shots. So if I'm looking in this territory, 
Uh, it's again going to be him. He's at some point he's going to have to hit shots, and I keep repeating it. Though the Bucks, the biggest weakness, if they had one, uh, is that they give up 14 plus three pointers per game. So at some point, Fournier is going to start shooting over 30% from the field, over 23% from the field. Uh, so if and he brought back value without that, so I like him. And then um, Fultz, if I'm in a bind, but I, I do like a lot of guards on this slate, so I don't see myself. I, I mean, I like a lot of point guards, so I give the edge to Fournier in that one. And uh, a little bit of edge to Ross over Fultz as well, because I mentioned I don't like a lot of the forwards. Ross has forward eligibility. I put him behind Fournier, but because he has forward eligibility, I like him a little bit. Yeah, so then you you touched on two guys. I have a little bit of interest in Fournier. I think Fultz is the guy I probably gravitate towards the most out of that group of four, actually. Just uh, simply because, I mean, they're down one to three right now. If this game gets away, Fultz is a guy that they definitely want to take a longer look at just to see, just to let him get as much action as possible, no matter what the circumstances. And um, they let this kid play until he fouled out in that last one, and he was playing well. He looked good. He took had 15 shot attempts. So, um, you know, maybe they say when it's, you know, getting ran off the gym that they want to keep playing him. Maybe he runs with some of the bench unit guys. Uh, I, I could see it. So I, I do have a little interest. But like you said, there are plenty of guards. So for that reason, I, I see why you have your interest in Ross. Uh, I got my good game out of him last one, man. I played him. I got the 30 points. And now I feel like I should just run away with it. Uh, <laughs> I never get I never get Terrence Ross right twice in a row. I'll be I, I try to be very upfront and honest with these plays. So I, I don't think I'm going to go near him. Um, but I wouldn't fault you. You hear that, Santi? I didn't say I wouldn't yep. knock you. I wouldn't fault you. What about uh, what about Fournier? I, I think he's my favorite of the three. He's got to make some shots at some point. I def. I think I like him more than Ross. Um, outside of the position eligibility, uh, you're right. This dude has to finally make something. He's he's been taking the shot attempts, um, but you know, even in that last one, he finally returned value. He still did struggle. He only shot twenty eight twenty eight percent from the floor. So. You know, as much as he should be grinding and crushing in this matchup, he's not. And, um, you know, Wesley Matthews, he's been looking a little spry for an older guy. So maybe he's just <laughs> holding it, you know, holding it down pretty well. Uh, you know, they have the length. It's it's a tough matchup, especially because when we've seen Fournier play at his best, it's it's not when he's being relied on as the second option. Uh, that's yeah. not an easy thing to do. When you have, you know, Aaron Gordon, you have Jonathan Isaac, and you have some of these other guys who's clicking, um, you know, you get left open once in a while. You have easier spot up three. So it, it's, you know, he's maybe getting the same amount of shot attempts, but they're more difficult shot attempts. So, um, hey, 54, though, that's a solid price tag. But maybe I'll, I think he's more GPP for me. I wouldn't trust him in cash, I don't think. Yeah, his floor with this, the shooting performance that, that he put on is not the safest. But, uh, I mean, he I, he has to start, even if he makes seven of uh 17 that that's that's still not great shooting but that's you're you're gonna get 30 points from him i would take seven of 17 in in the backyard right now santino three on three <laughs> run away with that that's you know I, i'll take that you know it depends he shoots a lot of threes that's high that's high efficiency shots i'll take those yeah. uh, let's let's slide over to milwaukee now uh we're you know we're talking about the box we already kind of touched on them a little bit earlier uh, you know, the spread's there for this game. There's really only one game out of the three that's relatively close. So yep. <laughs> uh, the blowout narrative is real, but we've still been seeing these starters play a decent amount of minutes. You know, Giannis in that last one playing 33, Middleton above 30, Lopez above 30. Uh, the, you know, the only one of the starters that hasn't been able to crack 30 during this whole series is Eric Bledsoe. Um, and for that reason, I've been pretty much staying away from him. I got burnt on that, you know, that one game where he dropped 37. But outside of that, I've, I've been doing pretty well just by fading him. So, 
Uh, I'll lead off by just saying I'm fading them, and then I'll pass it over to you to ask you know what you're thinking about you know their big three. But right off the rip, Giannis 11-3, uh, plenty of guys to spend up for. Is he one of the guys you're looking to spend on? Yes, he is, and um, I like Harden as a point per dollar player better. But I, as I said before, there's just not many forwards I really like, and you have to get two, three. You have to get at least three forwards and one center on your team. Yeah, to me, oh, my my little buddy's going nuts right now. Uh, to me, there's there's not not. It's very hard to get that without uh, like I just didn't see the value too much there, and I like a lot of guards. Uh, so for me, I give Giannis the slight edge over a Harden because he has forward eligibility, but I like Harden. Uh, to score more points, it's it's very complicated. <laughs> no, no, and I get what you're I get what you're saying. I mean, it, when it comes down to it, it's all about construction and where you're going to get the best positionality. So this is why I always you know harp on tinkering with your lineup. You know, I, I you may start your first initial build in the day with Harden in there. When you're done, you might like it, you might love it. Uh, maybe there's one one spot or one player who you you know you don't feel too too great about. You you just you know maybe rounded it out, and then you switch up. Maybe you take your forward out, whoever was in there. Maybe it was a cheap guy. You put Giannis in there. You see what shooting guard you could afford, and all of a sudden you like it even more. And you're probably going to get a ton of less ownership on Giannis uh, compared to Harden. Although you know um, Harden's ownership has been freakishly down in GPPs uh, during the bubble. I think it's just because you know Lillard's hot, LeBron's hot, everybody's just playing so well, but. Hard to imagine he's not the highest-owned player on this slate, knowing that the other two games have uh, spreads like they do. Besides but. the last game, though, if you I've been saying it. If you look at Harden against this team, it's one of the worst matchups for him. Just He's played, I mean, to James Harden's standards. He's played, uh, I don't even want to say poorly, but he's, he's not played up to James Harden's standards besides this last game. Uh, for his price tag, especially, that's why I I've have been going in other directions, but I do like him in this this game five. Russell Westbrook's already ruled out. Um, I I like him to repeat that performance. It's just there are a lot of guards on this slate that are also pretty solid, and uh, you can get value there as well. I it's hard to say the same about the big guys. Mm. Okay, well, uh, you know, we we talked. About, I I kind of gave my sentiments on Bledsoe. Uh, but you're talking about forwards being, you know, scarce. So you mentioned playing Giannis for that reason. Would you see yourself yeah. playing Middleton now that he's kind of snapping out of this funk a little bit? Two straight games with almost 40 DK points. Yeah, and it was about time. You knew it was coming where he was going to start making some shots. He still didn't shoot 40% in the last game. <clears throat> he shot over almost 60% on threes, which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, if I don't play Giannis <clears throat> and I decide to – um, go with a Harden or go with a, uh, a Vooch, then Middleton makes the most sense to me on this team. There's no one else really you can count on besides those two, I should say. Uh, Brooke Lopez, it's just he his, he's not bad, but there are people around his price range that have a higher ceiling uh, in their matchups. And Eric Bledsoe, same thing. There are people around his price range that have higher ceilings. Uh, Bledsoe has not the most minutes he's played in this series was the first game, 28. And then after that, he's been a capped around 26, 26, 24. Uh, that's just not enough for me. Uh, you, you, I need someone to, I need you to play 30 minutes if I'm going to spend a little bit of money for you. So, but, but Middleton is easily the, those are the only two I'll look at there. And if I don't get Giannis exposure, I want Middleton. Yeah, I, I, I can hear that. I, I don't mind looking at <clears throat> Lopez um, in like cash games. 
you know, I feel comfortable knowing that he's probably going to you know, get me at least like 25, yeah. right around that 20. Not a GPP guy. Like you said, there's guys with higher upside. So we could, you know, we could look elsewhere for that. Uh, the only other guy I probably do have any slight interest in, and it's like, you know, round it out, make it work kind of thing would be a guy like George Hill. Uh, just, you know, the reason why Bledsoe is being limited is just because George Hill is better at basketball than him. So, yeah. um, and, and, uh, I, I say that with a slight Eric Bledsoe is, you know, excellent, but you know, George Hill is just stout all around, you know, he doesn't do what, you know, too much. He's great defensively. So George Hill has got a little bit more length than Bledsoe, but. Uh, he's been playing decent minutes in this series. I mean, he's averaging over 20 minutes in the series. He's had uh, a couple games where he's put up over 24 DK points. So at 3,900, if it rounds out a lineup, I think he's uh, a decent value option. But I wouldn't expect him to light the world on fire either. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, we'll keep it moving, man. OKC versus Houston, the game that everyone wants to uh, talk about, everyone wants to pay attention, one that will probably have the most ownership. So... Uh, it's a 224.5 game total. Uh, Houston's being favored by 3.5 at the moment. Um, you know, as far as injuries are concerned, Russell Westbrook is still out. So is Luke Bouchard and Maamute. Um, and uh, it doesn't look like we have anything to really be concerned about on OKC. Uh, no one's being listed on an injury report, but it's always worth noting that Steven Adams uh, was dealing with a little bit of knee soreness not too long ago. Was uh, questionable for that last game. Ended up playing. Uh, but he did have his minutes, you know, I guess not really limited. He's you know, 26, a uh, fair amount of minutes, but he's been playing at least 28 in every other game during the series. So why don't you, uh, why don't you start off with this Houston team? Um, we'll start off with Houston. James Harden, oh, yeah. we already kind of gave our sentiments. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about Harden. Uh, the matchup is one of the tougher ones for him. Um, even before Dort came back, if you look at the regular season, he struggled against this team um, with or with Dort starting in the lineup. But he has James Harden. There is no Russell Westbrook. Uh, I expect him to, with ease, get 60 points in a game five. With ease. Uh, anything else is, that, is what you want. But I, I expect him to return at least 5x. So I'm definitely going to look at him. It's just a matter of where am I going with my forward, my big guys and stuff. Uh, outside of him, uh, another big guy. I mentioned Brooke Lopez I like, but there's a guy around his range. Uh, who I think has a higher ceiling, and that guy is Jeff Green. This matchup fits him pretty well. He's played over 32 minutes in every single game, uh, and he he has the three-point advantage. Steven Adams, really good. He's kind of hobbled, though. Uh, he, he This knee injury keeps coming back up and back up for him uh, throughout the course of the season, throughout the course of the bubble. Uh, it's just something that he's been dealing with. Uh, and and then other little multitude of injuries. But Jeff Green can stretch the floor, and they're both going to this very small ball lineup. Uh, the Thunder are outplaying them, the Rockets, in their small ball without Westbrook. But I like Jeff Green stretching the floor. Uh, and there's two other guys that if you want to look at, but I'll let you – Who do you like uh, Jeff Green in this one? Uh, I definitely think he's in play. Just from the minute standpoint, you mentioned we've seen the 40-point upside already in this uh, in this series. So – uh, I don't I don't mind taking a look at him. I don't know how much I'll land on him, but um, he makes more sense in lineups for me, like maybe if I'm uh, not playing Harden. But I, I'm I'm with you on the Harden train. Um, I'm going to have loads of them. I expect everybody else is going to have loads of them. It's just such a close game. Series is close. He, you know, snapped out of it, had a great game in that last one. But I'm with you. I don't see any possibility it doesn't get 60. Uh, and we know he has that upside of 75, 80. And if he gets that, you know, you're going to be dead in the water if you, if you don't have it. So 
Uh, you know, it's definitely, <laughs> definitely worth the fade as well, just because, like, for all the things I mentioned, the ownership is going to be through the roof. So, you know, maybe in the lineups where I'm not playing too much James Harden because we're going to get to the other side of the ball, and I'm going to have loads of interest on the <laughs> other side. Um, yep. But you touched, you said two more guys. So who are those other two guys that you're thinking about? Uh, so Daniel House has been playing well. Uh, so he's definitely one. He's He's been playing nearly 40 minutes a game, too, the last three games uh, after he was – Came in a little banged up in that first one. Uh, but he's on fire right now, and, and he's bringing back value at 55. There's no, I, I keep coming back to the forward-eligible players that I don't like too many of the guys. There's really just not many forwards out there that I like, okay, I really like them and the money fits. Um, but Daniel House is only 55, and he has both forward spot eligibility at both forward spots. He's been playing really well lately. Uh, they need him, and he's bigger than Schroeder, who's playing a lot of small forward on the other side. So he's one guy I'm looking at. Um, and then I guess you can split this last one into two, but uh, Eric Gordon is pretty much getting 30 points every time in this in this series. He's taking a ton of shots without Westbrook there, uh, pretty much 18, 19 shots a game, and he's getting you 30 DK points. Um, but I think at some point, Robert Covington is going to snap out of it as well. And at 5,700, I'm okay with taking the plunge again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would prefer Covington over Gordon personally just because uh, 6,100, it's like like you said. I mean, he's been getting 30 a game. The shot attempts yeah. will be there. He'll probably be good for 30 again, but I want the upside. I know Gordon does have that upside. He could get 40. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he could also get you, you know, 15, 16 very, very fast. And I expect with how well he's been playing, more ownership to draw be drawn to him as opposed to Covington. Um, and Covington has power forward eligibility as opposed to Gordon, who only has that small forward and shooting guard. So mm-hmm. uh, allows us to kind of fill that up. But um, I prefer House, I think, over both of them. You touched on him, too. Uh, I, I love what he's been doing. And just bottom line, he's been crashing the boards. And, you know, with P.J. Tucker at center, uh, a lot of it due to matchup with Gallinari on the wing, basically stretching the floor, playing on the three-point line. It's pulling Covington away from the basket a little bit. So House has kind of been forced to crash the glass. You know, uh, Tucker's sitting there doing his best to box out Aquaman Stephen Adams. So um, <laughs> I, I don't mind taking a look at a guy like House. Also has power forward and small forward eligibility, 55. I'd, I'd say my two top plays that I'm looking at on, uh, on Houston would be House and Harden. Uh, probably Jeff Green falling in third with uh, Rocco at four. Yeah, I'm pretty same way, uh, but I probably lean or I lean Jeff Green a little over House because of the center eligibility. Um, but I like House and, and Covington as well. I like House more on a per point per dollar basis, but eligibility I, I give it to Jeff Green. All right, man. Let's slide it over to uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, there's a lot of guys on this team I think are very much in play. But let me hear your breakdown. <clears throat> we know we've been seeing. <laughs> Uh, Chris Paul, Shea, and Troder just ball out the past few games. So we'll uh, we'll start off with those three main guys, all different price tags and different ranges, 6'4", 7'4", 8'1". But who's the one uh, or two or maybe none that you're gravitating to, towards the most? Uh, so to me, depending on the dollar amount exactly, I'm gravitating towards – or the dollar amount that I have at the end, I'm gravitating towards Schroeder and Shai. Uh, Paul, I think I love Paul, but at – for 700 a little extra money, uh, it doesn't always fit on here. But those other two have both point guard and shooting guard eligibility. And like you said, they're all balling out. They're all playing great. Uh, I probably I lean toward my initial 
lean was to Schroeder, but I kept having a little bit of extra cash. So then I went up to Shy, who's who's playing great. Um, dollar for dollar, I'd probably go Shy because he's. I was off on him at first, but he's he's on fire right now, and I like to keep riding that rave. Yeah, so riding the rave, riding the wave. He's playing nearly the entire. He played the entire game a couple of time, games ago. Um, like forty five. He's averaging forty six minutes the last two games. Uh, you, you you can't beat that. So he's it's. I'm at a loss for words for playing someone that that much. Maybe maybe that time, he he has no legs under him because you're playing every other day. Uh, but until that, I see that, I, I really like him and Schroeder Schroeder right behind him. I love all three of these guys. I will have at least two of them in every single lineup. And you touched on the reason why. It's the minutes, man. Uh, if you're if you're telling me that we could get Shea Gilders Alexander, uh, over the last two games, the dude has a total of 92 minutes played in two games. Um, sign me up. Uh, that, that, I'm good with that. You know, you could be a terrible point per minute type of guy and still play that that amount of type of minutes, and you're going to be good to go. So, 7,400, I think, is more than a fair price tag. It's a close series. It's a, it's a great pace game. It's a great matchup for him. All the things point in the right direction for all three of these guards, and I'll be mixing and matching. I like to build multiple lineups. You know that. So, um, I'll be having my shares of all three of these guys. I'm probably I'll probably fade Gallinari though, man. He's He's the one guy out of the bunch, you know, with Adams at least dealing with a knee, a knee injury. But, uh, you know, Gallo, he's he's been struggling a little series. He's had a few good games, but I was ex- I would expect him to be a bigger X factor. But I think Rocco um, and just the kind of, you know, House, uh, Jeff Green, they have bodies that they could put on him. Uh, and I think just these guards with their usage have just been completely taken over. So uh, where are you at with Gallinari? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I said there's not that many forwards I like, but I, I don't. And he's kind of one of them right now. Uh, he's pretty, playing pretty decent. I liked him a lot better when we started, and his price tag was in the the mid fives. Um, but right now at six three, there's just the three guards on this team are a lot better values right now, and they're playing out of their mind. And um, Schroeder for an extra hundred. I know the positions don't don't match up, but Schroeder for an extra hundred to me is a no brainer. Yeah, I'm with you. Locking in Schroeder over Gallinari. Um, but there's, I guess, if you're looking at one guy and it's really cheap, um, and you don't have much money, we just hear you clicking away out there, man. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't break your computer out there. You're clicking real hard. Uh, but Dort has been playing 36 minutes a game the last couple of games because they need him to guard Harden. So I mean, if you're diving deep, deep late, and uh, you need someone at, at that 4K range, he's not a bad guy to bring you back just for 5x value. Uh, he doesn't have huge upside, but he can bring you back that value if, if that's what you have left. You can make it work. I'm with you. Good. That's a good call. Uh, always flies under the radar for me. I never really think about him too much, but you know, after you brought him up, looking at his past performances, and um, makes sense. I mean, he has been kind of, I wouldn't say putting the class on Harden because he's still doing well, but uh, he's definitely been making an impact on him and definitely slowing him down from what we expected. So uh, he yeah, should it- keep finding himself playing. It's funny when a guy scores thirty six points, you're like, oh, good, he played. He, he stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know he's 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 riding the uh, the the rave right now. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty, hilarious. Pretty hard. All right, man. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Uh, Portland versus L A. Uh, your Lakers are coming into a game that has a lot of the the helium sucked out, man. All the helium's got sucked out of the balloon in this one. And that's obviously because of the news that we'll get to in a moment, the injury report. 
Uh, Damian Lillard uh, has is dealing with a knee sprain. He is going to miss this game. Uh, and I and I saw this new Santino, and I, you know I, the first thing I thought of was you because we, me, and you always talk about this. Uh, anytime you hear the word sprain and strain, what those really mean, and how you never really know. And you know the biggest thing is is that he went and got an MRI following the game. It came back inconclusive, so he had to receive another one the following morning, and that's when they saw it was a sprain. So uh, to me, they they didn't give a grade. And that kind of always puts me a little bit on edge with the severity and me kind of leaning more towards that it being a little bit more serious than they're trying to kind of give off. Um, but nonetheless, he's going to miss this game. Uh, Zach Collins, Nasir Little, both out as well. Uh, and for the Lakers, Contavious, Caldwell Pope, LeBron, Anthony Davis are all probable. Rondo's doubtful. But Santino, why don't you talk about this Lillard news, kind of you know, what your thoughts are on it and obviously how it's going to affect the, the Portland team. Yeah, you said it. The words sprain and strain piss me off. They don't mean anything. Uh, I know personally because I've had them told to me mul- multiple times. Uh, the first time it re- or I got told that uh, back in high school, I remember, uh, I, they said, oh, you have a, a knee sprain. And he said, uh, he, or he asked me on a pain of 1 to 10, how bad does your knee hurt? I was like, uh, a set, 6. And then he said, oh, it's just a sprain. And, and like two minutes later, and he said, oh, so how on a scale of one to 10, how bad does it hurt? It's like, it's still a six. So um, then they took an MRI and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a, a tear in your uh, MCL and PCL. I was like, OK, so why would you just tell me it was a strain and act like it was nothing? So or a sprain. So ever since then, I'm like, I hate these words because every time you hear them, it could be anything from just a boo-boo or tomorrow you wake up and it's okay. I said the word boo-boo. Yes. Or, uh, you have some torn ligaments and stuff like that, but they don't really tell you until they give you a grade or you actually get an MRI. So those two words to me mean nothing that, except that something's wrong with you. Um, yeah. The, the first thing yeah. that popped into my head was meniscus, uh, just because that's something where if it was an ACL, if it was a piece, you know, if it was something where, you know, this guy can't even walk on it, um, we would probably hear about it right away if it was like an ACL. You know, they wouldn't say oh, he's out for tomorrow's game. But when you think of injuries that, you know, we sometimes see guys, especially a guy like Lillard, who we know is a great guy who will put the team on his back, play through whatever he can, you know, this guy might try to play through a meniscus tear or something. I, and I'm not the doctor. I'm just kind of speculating. But uh, that was the first thing that kind of popped into my head. Yeah. And I also acted, I tried to act a little cooler. I did say seven on the pain scale twice. <laughs> Yeah, I bumped yeah, it down to a six to give me a little bit yeah, more credibility. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> he was crying his eyes out. I actually, I actually remember when you, uh, I think when you tore your knee. Actually, you were you had bad shoulders too, didn't you? Yes, yeah, everything's bad. Yeah, they're so they're you, still all bad. <laughs> that's what happens when you go against me on the glass. I guess you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're um, like Zion. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. So like literally yeah. half his weight, probably. Um, all right, let's let's, let's talk about let's, let's talk <laughs> yeah, about let's this get back on, let's get back on the tracks. And, um, uh, so Lillard out though. So yeah, what do you? I mean, I'll Lillard, give it, I'll give the. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Uh, I was gonna give the quick breakdown, I guess, on what we can expect from the usage uh, with Lillard off the floor this season. Uh, you know, CJ McCollum is is rocking a 32 and a half usage rate, averaging 1.18 DK points per minute. Uh, the next beneficiary, Mello, 29 percent usage rate, 1.03. Uh, DK points per minute. And then Anthony Simons is seeing decent chunk of minutes, 21.1% uh, usage at 0.79 DK points per minute. So uh, those are the biggest, I guess, changes you could say um, for a lot of these guys. So now, now I'll pass the reins. Sorry for interrupting you. 
I'll let you go. You just stole my thunder because all three of those players I really like. Uh, <laughs> and those are the only players on this team that I like. I'll start with Simons at 4K, a guy who's going to see 25, probably 30-plus minutes in this game. I think it's going to be a blowout, and why not play your really, really young guard when your best player's not there? Uh, so I really like Simons for this. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to really like Simons for this because he's going to make a lot of people's money work. Uh, but 4K, I can't I can't pass him up. And he has both shooting guard and point guard eligibility. Uh, he's he's going to be like one of those guys that going to find a way in my lineup all the time. There's not many people around that price tag that I can say confidently know that he's going to play, know that this game is not going to be close if the Lakers don't want it to be, and he's going to get a lot of run. And the point guard against the Lakers right now, especially with Rondo there, has a has been playing well. Uh, so I'll, uh, how, do, how do you feel about him before I get into the other two? I like him. I definitely think he's in play. I think he, like you said, he's going to draw a lot of ownership. He's going to draw a lot of attention. Uh, this is kind of where I plan on, you know, making a statement, I guess, with my lineups. And I'm not going to fade him, but I expect to be underweight on him. And there's one guy that you, you know, you did, you know, you said you like Melo. Uh, you said you uh, you like McCollum. Um, I kind of like Gary Trank Jr., man. I mean, I like both the McCollum and, and Anthony as well, and I think Simons is a great play, but I have a ton of interest in Gary Trent Jr. Um, I think, you know, he's been kind of slowing down a little bit from when he was scorching hot three-point pace. People are going to forget about him. They're going to look at those recent games and want no part of it. Uh, but he played 34 minutes, even in that blowout. So, you know, you're talking about Simons, guys still getting run. I expect Trent to still be in that in that same kind of breath. And he's going to absorb a ton of usage. I, I actually uh, wouldn't be shocked if, if you know, we don't see Simons even start. They just decide to run McCollum at the one. Um, and we kind of see them go in a different direction. Um, you know, that wouldn't shock me. Trent and then Mello and then, you know, the whole, you know, white side and, and Nurkic combo. But, you know, I think I think all four of those guys are, you know, you're, you're going to want ownership some way. And it's all about game scripting. You know, if you're looking to play McCollum, keep in mind, the dude's playing with a fractured back. If this game gets out of hand, uh, don't expect him to necessarily go out there playing 40 minutes like he is in some of the, the, you know, the games that are a little bit closer. He played 33 in that last one. Still a good amount of minutes. But the prior game, he played 43, uh, you know, with it being a little bit closer. So um, what do you think about Trent? Uh, I'm not as high on him as you are. I'm really not going to play him too much. Uh, I would rather pay up the extra 11K and get Mello, who I really like in this. Uh, you mentioned the McCollum. The guys on OKC are similarly priced, and as much usage as McCollum's going to get, this game might turn into a blowout. So I'm, I feel safer with the other guys knowing that that's going to be a barn burner. Uh, but Mello's just going to come out and shoot. And at 59 for power forward, mm-hmm. small forward eligibility, uh, this guy, <laughs> this is going to be the last game of his season and, and all their seasons. Sorry to put that bluntly, but they're not going to beat the Lakers in this game. Uh, Melo's playing for another contract because he did not get signed until he, no one wanted him. So he's going to be coming out firing and showing people he's still got some something left in the tank, as he's been showing them. Uh, but this is his last stand, and I, I would rather pay for him. I don't blame you. I love Melo as well. I think both are, are very solid plays. And um, I'll probably have a couple lineups, I think, with even both of them in there as well. I, I completely agree, though. I think Melo might be one of my, like, you know, I wouldn't call him necessarily a lock, uh, but it'll probably be one of my higher-owned forwards on the slate in general. Um, 
And then McCollum, 8,100, are you, uh, you know, you said you prefer those other guys over him, but, you know, what about in a lineup where maybe you're playing like a Schroeder or Shea and, you know, maybe pivot off of Chris Paul? He's the same exact price tag as Chris Paul. Who do you actually, we'll start with that. Who do you think has more ownership, McCollum or Chris Paul? Oh, yeah, McCollum, because there's no Damian Lillard. People are going to say, oh, it's going straight to McCollum. So I think he definitely gets more ownership. Uh, fantasy points wise, yeah, he's, McCollum has the big, bigger ceiling right now without a Lillard there. But as you, you said it, this game could get out of hand, or we both said it. <laughs> you, this game could get out of hand really quickly, uh, and there's no need to play this guy 36 minutes plus if it does because he is dealing with the bad back. Um, but if he can, if, if you're in the camp that you think he's going to play 30, 35 minutes anyway, I like him better than um, Paul. I just don't know if I see that. I, I well, well hardly said. see that. No, it's well said. That's pretty much the exact same sentiments I was having with him. Just, you know, it's all about that game script. If like the same thing that we said with Vucevic and the guys on Milwaukee, if you're looking to play uh, a guy like McCollum, I'm probably going to have like a Davis or LeBron on the other side. That's probably where I'm going to be spending up. Maybe you pivot off of that most popular game with the, you know, the Houston OKC game with a three and a half point spread where everyone's going to go to and, and you play this way. So, you know, it's all about how you look at it. Um, I'd probably be a little less inclined to play him in cash. I just think that those guys on OKC are a little safer with their floors. Uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you to it. He's still a great price tag, 8,100. He'd be priced like 8,800 if it was like a four-game sample size without Lillard. So. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Uh, do you want to talk about anybody uh, Anybody else in the front court, Nurkic, Whiteside? Are you ready to move on to the, uh, the Lakers? Uh, we kind of mentioned Nurkic earlier, and I'm not playing him. Whiteside? Not really. I mean, I, I've liked Whiteside in this series, but this particular game, I'm okay with him. Yeah, I think it's it, it's got to be just kind of make it work at center. Like you couldn't, you, <laughs> yeah. didn't, you didn't have like the 5,200 to get the Lopez or, uh, you know, I uh, maybe one of those other guys. I think we mentioned a couple other centers on the site that. Uh, yeah, my Green, mind. I it think, is 56. Yeah, if you can't get to those guys and you just absolutely love your lineup, then sure, we know he has the upside. The floor is decent, but. Yeah, not a guy I'm, I'm really gravitating towards right now. So, all right, man, Lake Show. Uh, LeBron Davis, that's pretty much all we really have to talk about. So, uh, <laughs> both uh, very similar price tags, LeBron 10-8, Davis 10-5. So, uh, you know, regardless of blowout, do you have any interest in these guys? Um, I don't have any interest in Davis. He <clears throat> was a little hobbled last game. I know he's coming in. Uh, he's, he's going to play, but they don't need to push him. This game is going to turn really quickly so there's no need to push anthony davis lebron james i do have some interest in lebron james if on in the lineups that i'm pivoting off of everywhere else he's the only guy i trust uh in this game and you see last game he only played 28 minutes and he still put up 57 uh fantasy points he could still get you 30 points and 10 assists it's been the same sentiment this whole whole series no one can guard lebron uh, without damian lillard there this game is probably not going to be even somewhat competitive, though, so he doesn't have to try. So that's the only thing there. But I might, if I'm doing a ton of lineups, I, I do want some LeBron exposure there. But definitely, I'm, I'm going to leave Anthony Davis alone, but if I'm getting this late game exposure, LeBron makes more sense than him. See, these are the scary situations for me because for this, for the exact reason why you want to leave Davis alone is the reason why I have a little interest in him. He's not going to have any ownership. Uh, nobody's going to touch this dude. And it's always these kinds of situations where he comes out and just smashes. 
yeah. and at like 9.8% ownership or something crazy. So I'm going to keep him reserved for GPPs because uh, to be honest, I don't really have a lot of interest overall in either LeBron or Davis just from a pure game perspective and game script scenario and everything along those lines. But for a sheer pivot and uh, a guy that I'm expecting to be under-owned due to the, you know, the back injury and coming in questionable, I will probably have, you know, if I'm playing a 20-entry max, I'll probably have about four lineups, maybe three with Davis in it. Um, outside of that, maybe, you know, a hair of LeBron, but I don't even expect to play too much LeBron. Um, I'm just going to be, you know, going gung-ho on Harden. Uh, let's talk about, yeah. you know, I guess the guards. Danny Green, 4K, he's got forward eligibility. He's kind of been knocking down threes over the past few games, three or four in that last one. So is he a guy that you'll keep in that forward pool if you get desperate? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it, or the last couple of games I've been saying, Danny Green, a, a decent shooting performance is coming. That last game, we finally got it. He brought you back some solid value there. He was under 4K. I uh, brought you back 27 DK points. He made three of his. He's five of his last eight from three. Not a lot of shot attempts though. And another veteran guy that, uh, when this game gets out of hand, they'll probably let him go. Same with Caldwell Pope. Uh, I don't trust too many of these guys in this game script. I, I just think without Damian Lillard there, mm-hmm. it's just it just changes up the whole dynamic of this. Um, if I did trust some guy. Uh, I never get this guy right, and he, he never gets himself right, really. Uh, Kyle Kuzma might have to just be Kyle Kuzma, beat up scrubs and look good for a change. Uh, and at 5-3, maybe I give him some look. I do like Melo a lot more than him, but um, that's not a terrible price depending uh, if we're thinking that this game gets out of hand, and I do think, think that. Um, but as far as everybody else on this team, because there's – Danny Green's 4K and no one else is above 4K. Uh, the only guy I'm el- else I'm looking at, and that's purely if uh, make it work, as we said with Whiteside, is a Dwight Howard. Uh, if this game gets out of hand again, which I think so, he can still play 20, 25 minutes and uh, bring you back a near double double with not and bring you back 5x value if if, if you like the rest of your lineup. That's a good call, uh, you know, and I mean, you can almost say the same thing with McGee, but with McGee, the games that he generally hits his value, it's just he's blocking three or four shots or something along those lines where Howard's just uh, usually gets about six to seven boards pretty much locked in and guaranteed. So uh, good calls. Good calls, man. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up everything that we got going on over here. So before you guys take off, if you could just do us a quick, quick favor. Uh, that's give us a follow on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Patra. You could find Santino at Santino Cacone, S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Uh, and then go check out Manscaped, guys. You guys hear us talk about this all the time. Uh, you know, maybe it's a gift for a significant other. Maybe it's for yourself. Uh, whoever it's for, I can promise you they will be happy. Just use that promo code HoopBall. Get that 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, it's actually HoopBall20. I apologize. HoopBall20. <laughs> Uh, for that 20% off and that free shipping, I uh, get the lawnmower 3.0 and uh, all the other goodies. Uh, the bath, I like the bath wash. It actually smells really good. Uh, body mm-hmm. wash. But uh, And then we also have our good friends over at MyBookie. So head over there and use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Uh, get a nice little deposit match. Check out all the good, fun games that they have going on, whether you want to bet on the MLB for whatever games that aren't postponed. Uh, the NBA, we still have some great playoffs to look forward to, finals not too far down the road. And then we have NFL, Santino. We've been talking about it left and right. Uh, that feels like it's only about, what, 15, 16 days away or so, something like that. Uh, yeah. But go check them out. It's going to be fantastic. And use uh, my bookie to place any of your wagering needs, and you will not be disappointed. Uh, immediate customer service as well. If you ever run into any questions or issues, uh, they're right there to help you guys out. So 
That is all, man. That's all we have for you. I know we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll keep breaking down the games, but uh, you know, there's a decent chance we don't have a Friday podcast if all these games don't go to seven games. Is that right, Santino? Uh, yeah, and there's a decent chance we might not have a uh, Saturday podcast as well. We'll see. I know that Saturday we have uh, – oh, nope, we have the Celtics and Raptors just got put on there uh, for Saturday. But the Saturday games are Jazz, Nuggets, Mavs, Clips if they go seven. And then it looks like game two Celtics-Raptors are starting All on right. Friday. Uh, yeah, they're, I'm assuming maybe maybe they throw in a Friday game there, um, but I, I highly doubt it. All right, so before we take off – I've been doing this new thing, Santino. To throw you on the spot, name a guy that is under, let's say, eight K that you cannot see yourself not playing. Your 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 lock play, the guy that you are getting in all of your lineups. A guy under eight K that I'm not that I see myself. You have Wait, to say that again. A guy under eight K that you absolutely love that you're pretty much going to lock in. I never like Ooh. to say the word lock because we don't always necessarily lock somebody in if you play multiple lineups, but. Yeah, you know, your favorite play under 8K because it's easy to name the guys above there, but your favorite guy under. Okay, Uh, this one's a little different. Uh, He's not my favorite play, but I like the position, and it's Jeff Green at 5,600. As I mentioned, there's just not many centers that I like, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to pay up to get Vucevic a lot. Uh, Nurkic is there, and then there's just that giant drop-off. Right after Nurk is Jeff Green at 56. There's... Just saying, just saying, it goes from 86 to 56 shows me that there is not many options on this slate for center, uh, and he is the guy that I keep falling to because I'm not paying up for Nurkic. And Vus, if you pay up for Vus, that means you're not going to get a Harden or uh, even a Giannis. So I'm always I'm falling on Jeff Green pretty much every time. Fall on the Jeff Green sword. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I think that eligibility makes a lot of sense when you want to look at a guy like Jeff Green. Well, that's all we have for you guys. I'm the podcast host, so it's nice when I get to ask the questions and I have to be asked the questions. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I'll give a quick one. I'm with you. I think Carmelo Anthony is a guy that I'm going to have a lot of ownership, a very similar price tag. Uh, that's and then funny. I could, <laughs> it, it, those, when, you, when I looked, those are the two people I was thinking about, uh, Melo or, or Jeff Green. But I'll let you say why Melo. Well, it's like all the reasons that you said before. It, it, it's the shot attempts he's going to have. When you imagine, uh, you know, giving Melo an opportunity to shoot more and saying, hey, you know, we're probably going to lose the series. We just lost our best player. Have a last hurrah. Um, I'm always about those narratives. So I, I'm with you. I think Melo. And then, uh, you know, I don't want to keep talking about it, but uh, it's it was tough for me to choose between just the, the OKC guards in general. I was going to say the three Musketeers, yeah. all three of them. I'm going to just load up on those guys. But we'll be back. Uh, I'll be on with Aaron tomorrow. Uh, we'll be breaking down uh, the Thursday card for you guys. Uh, but that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening. As always, for everybody over here at Hoopball, uh, take care, guys. Let's go crush some GPPs. This has been a Hoopball presentation.